Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. Welcome. It is Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz, Ben Ferguson with you, and we have a jam-packed show for you today that deals with not only some shocking news coming out of Israel, but also the Supreme Court decision on taking Donald Trump off the ballot in Colorado. We're going to dive into both of those, but before we get to that, Senator, a story that no one seems to be talking about, and that is some breaking news that apparently Joe Biden was demanding that the Attorney General Merrick Garland put Donald Trump and his opponent's in prison and is very angry that he didn't start the investigation to Trump earlier so they wouldn't have to, I guess, be running against him right now for the presidency. Your reaction to this coming out from Politico's reporting? Well, Politico reported, quote, in recent weeks, President Biden has grumbled to aides and advisors that had Garland moved sooner in his investigation into former President Donald Trump's election interference. A trial may already be underway or even have concluded according to two people granted anonymity to discuss private matters. That trial still could take place before the election, and much of the delay is owed not to Garland, but to deliberate resistance put up by the former president and his team. In other words, the White House is complaining, damn it, if only Merrick Garland had gone sooner, we could have locked Donald Trump up in jail. But, But that's not their only complaint. 
Beyond that, they are furious, volcanically furious, with the Department of Justice, with Merrick Garland. Garland, why? Get this? Because they haven't been political enough. Wow. Listen, we have we have discussed at great length on this podcast how this is, in my judgment, the most partisan and political Department of Justice in history. Doesn't matter. Not enough for Joe Biden and the White House. Here's what Politico reported. Quote, Joe Biden has told aides and outside advisors that Attorney General Merrick Garland did not do enough to rein in a special counsel report stating that the president had diminished mental faculties, according to two people close to the president, as White House frustration with the head of the Justice Department grows. The report from special counsel Robert Herr ultimately cleared Biden of any charges stemming from handling of classified documents that were found at Biden's think tank at his home. But Hur's explanation for not bringing charges, that Biden could not, could, would have persuaded the jury that he was a forgetful old man, upended the presidential campaign and infuriated the White House. So get this. They're not particularly happy that the Department of Justice is not indicting Joe Biden. They're not celebrating that DOJ is perfectly happy to say, yep, one standard applies to Joe Biden, a totally different standard applies to Donald Trump. Donald Trump, we send in stormtroopers, we, we go raid Mar-a-Lago, we prosecute him. But Joe Biden, he does the same thing. Nope, nothing, nothing to see here. None of that makes them happy. That's not political enough. The reasoning to justify that obvious double standard, which we covered on, when, on Friday's podcast. And by the way, yeah. if you didn't listen to Friday's podcast, you should go back and listen to Friday's podcast. Because we discussed how in the special counsel report... The Biden Department of Justice argued that Joe Biden is not competent to stand trial. Now, mind you, that was their explanation for why they weren't prosecuting him, that they couldn't convince a jury that Joe Biden had the mental faculties to to be able to form willfulness. That's a remarkable standard. But now the Biden White House is throwing a fit. Well, it's, it's one way or the other. Either he's not competent to be charged or he is, in which case he should be indicted. You, you can't have it both ways. Well, and it also sets, as you and I mentioned earlier, a, a major precedent. If the president's not, not, not being able to be held accountable, in their words, uh, for things that he did wrong, willfully taking classified documents, you would assume that same logic would then extend to anything that deals with the Biden crime family. And, and, and then to have it and say this the other way, uh, as you just described it, it's like they believe that this government just does and makes up the rules for them that apply to them in any which way they want, regardless of the law of the land, regardless of the Constitution, regardless of, of, of what it does to other people's lives, including now going after Donald Trump and people around him. Well, and, and, and that's dangerous. It is dangerous when the Department of Justice becomes thoroughly politicized, when it becomes a weapon to attack your enemies, a weapon to insulate the president and, and his allies, and, and, and when it becomes simply a political tool. And even though Merrick Garland is happy to be thoroughly, thoroughly political, it's not enough for the Biden White House. They want him to literally behave like an extension of the DNC. When you talk about this reporting, will any of this come back, do you think, to haunt the president here, uh, especially for the fact that if now Garland's been named in this way publicly and that people are frustrated, is there a chance that Merrick Garland may now start to stand up a little bit more to the president because now he's taking this heat directly from the president behind the scenes that we're learning about in the news? I mean, that's embarrassing to his legacy at bare minimum. You know, I doubt it. 
Uh, I have no reason to suspect that. Merrick Garland has yet to demonstrate any willingness, any inclination to stand up to Joe Biden or political pressure so far, and we're three years in. You know, and it's striking that this is also not new. Joe Biden, remember when he was campaigning, he, he said he wasn't going to put pressure on the Department of Justice. But 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 here, play this clip. And, then, and this is a clip from Joe Biden in 2019. And he's, he's jabbing his finger in Peter Ducey's face in Iowa uh, on on reports that President Trump had president had pressured Ukraine's president to investigate the Biden crime family. And, and, and here was his response. Give a listen. Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader? If that's what happened, that appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right question. Ask the right question. There's there's two things about that clip, Senator. One, the clear cognitive decline even since back yeah. in 2020. Yeah, he he, he the race. couldn't speak that clearly now. I mean, it no, really no is way. amazing in, in, in just a few years. Four years later, he, he can't articulate even a single clear, forceful, decisive sentence like he did then. And, and not only that, but he also saying you guys need to go after Trump. He's, he's basically telling the media, you don't ask me questions about what I've done. He says, I've been cleared, which, by the way, was not true. That's a lie. But he's also saying, like, get in your place, do your job. Go after Donald Trump. And now it seems that he's yep. lost some control over this media that he's had control over for the last three plus years. Yeah, that, that, that final line there, ask the right questions. His attitude is the corporate media works for him. They're supposed to ask the questions he tells them to, and they're supposed to shut up, as we discussed at length on, on Friday's podcast. The disastrous press conference Joe Biden did after the special counsel report, suddenly the media wasn't following orders anymore. They, they, they were actually asking real and hard questions, and he was flabbergasted and angry. And, and, and to be clear... His efforts to try to push the Department of Justice to be his political attack dog, this is not new. In, in, on March 31st, 2023, the New York Times reported the following, quote, But he does have opinions. In the past, Mr. Biden privately told his close circle of advisors that Mr. Trump posed a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted for his role in the events of January 6th. According to two people familiar with his comments, amazing, those same two people keep popping up. He also told confidence that he wanted Attorney General Merrick B. Garland to stop acting like a ponderous judge and to take decisive action. This has been over and over again. The approach of the White House and the approach of Joe Biden, he believes DOJ and the FBI and all of the machinery of government is part of his partisan apparatus to attack his enemies and to protect himself above all else. I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Patriot Mobile is a great supporter of this show. That's one of the reasons why I love them. I'm proud to partner with great companies that support 
conservative Christian values. And when you switch to Patriot Mobile, not only do they give you dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all of the major networks, meaning you get the same exact coverage that you have right now. You get that same coverage you've been accustomed to, but without funding the woke left. You may not realize that Big Mobile supports Democrats and Democratic causes and candidates and Planned Parenthood with millions and millions of dollars in donations. That's why when you look at my cell phone, the top left, it says the word patriot. I know every month when I get my bill, I am supporting conservative causes that I stand behind. They actually at Patriot Mobile take about 5% of your bill every month and they give it back to free speech organizations, religious freedom organizations, organizations that support and protect the sanctity of life. The Second Amendment, as well as our military, our veterans, our first responder heroes, and our wounded warriors. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that makes switching easy. And you can keep your same cell phone number you have right now, keep your same phone if you have it, that you have right now, or upgrade to a new one. Plus, the team will help you find the best plan for your needs, and many times it can save you big money every month. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Verdict. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Verdict, or call them and make the switch. 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the promo code VERDICT. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Verdict, or call them 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Senator, one other thing I want to ask you when it comes to this story. Axios came out, and they are now basically reporting that it is, it is a five-alarm fire inside the White House's press department right now. It is a five-alarm fire because the White House is now in this impossible position to fight to defend Biden's competency, his fitness to be president of the United States of America. And the damage control doesn't seem to be playing well with new polling out. And the Sunday morning shows were talking about this. Joe Biden has lost the media on this front as well. And it matters because his team is scrambling to, to counter the, the her report, they, they say the president is a is an elderly man with a great memory. Right. That's Joe Biden's word. But the report said it's an elderly man with poor memory. You've seen a lot of these political stories and how the tides can turn quickly. Is this going to be the undoing of the Biden presidential campaign? Can they overcome this? I know the aides are trying, but it seems like they've completely lost control of this story. Look, this this is a political crisis from their perspective. Uh, what happened, you know, there's an old line that a gaffe in Washington is when a politician accidentally tells the truth. In this instance, the Department of Justice of Joe Biden accidentally told the truth. And they're now dealing with, with, with a political emergency, what to do about it. Biden responded by holding a press conference in which his, his meandering, rambling answers confirmed everything said in the special counsel reporting, including at one point, one of the elements of, of the, the report that, that demonstrated why his, his memory was so failing is it said it, he could not remember when his son had died. And, and when Biden is defending that, he points to some rosary beads that, 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 that he wore that, that, that were given to him. And he said, were given to me by, were given to me by, and, and then he can't remember, can't remember what the details are about the rosary beads. That to put it mildly, is not a good look when you're trying to d demonstrate that you have a good enough memory to function. If you can't actually remember your response to that attack, that's a problem. 
It is a problem, and it's going to be one that I think it's going to be a big uh, advantage for Donald Trump moving forward. I want to also get into uh, two other major stories here uh, that that need to be on everyone's radar screen. Uh, and, 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 and and by the way, let, let me say something real quick also. So so I was yesterday uh, down at Mar-a-Lago with with President Trump, and I, I'll tell you, I, I couldn't help but think the contrast between the two men, because even though Donald Trump is is just slightly younger. Than Joe Biden, he was his usual self. He was on the ball and quick and ready to fight and and strong, and and the contrast to to the incredible loss of faculties from Joe Biden, um, it, it it really struck me. I spent quite a quite a while with with President Trump last night, and 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 it it is night and day, and I think that is going to be evident to the voters every day from now until election day. When you when you spoke with him quickly, I just want to ask you, what was his mood about this election? I mean, he's under fire all over the place. We're going to talk in a moment about the Supreme Court and what's going to happen there with Colorado and your predictions on that. But what was his demeanor like? Very positive, very confident. He was in a good mood. He was laughing. He was feeling good. He was uh, he, he was having dinner at, at dinner at Mar-a-Lago. He was having dinner with 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 Melania and with with Baron Trump. Baron's now like six foot eight. He's really a tall kid. Um, and, and he, he was in, in good spirits all night. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception and at just three weeks, it's already beating at five weeks. A baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with preborn because we need to help these precious babies Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, You could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year 
at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. That I want to move to Colorado real quick uh, and, and talk about this, uh, this Donald Trump versus Colorado Supreme Court. The, the Supreme Court heard the Trump ballot oral arguments the justices appeared uh, very skeptical of removing him from the ballot, not just in Colorado, but it seemed like in theory anywhere in the country. This is what you had predicted, and you said you were hoping that we would have a 9-0 decision. Some of these on the left were actually out there attacking Colorado's arguments. Uh, give a recap of kind of now what your thoughts are and what happened in court. Well, I, I think the oral argument very much confirmed what, what you and I said on this podcast the day after the Colorado Supreme Court decision came down. Uh, I said in that immediate next podcast, I said this decision is an outrage, it is lawless, it is completely contrary to the rule of law, to the Constitution, and it is the gravest assault on democracy of our lifetimes. And I predicted then, I said the Supreme Court will take the case. They will schedule it quickly for decision for oral argument. They will decide it quickly. They will reverse this decision. And I said at the time, I think there's a very significant chance that they reverse it unanimously. Well, almost every element of that prediction has already come, tr- come true. They took it. They took it quickly. They scheduled it for an exceptionally accelerated oral argument. It was argued on February 8th. The justices right now, I think, are scrambling to write their opinions. I expect a decision from the Supreme Court Within the next couple of weeks, I think as quickly as they can get the opinion finished, they'll get it out. But I do think they will feel some some real urgency. I, I think we will have a decision in the month of February. And and I continue to think there is a very real chance that it is a unanimous decision. The oral argument, every one of the justices who asked questions express serious skepticism as to the position of Colorado. And and, and it's worth let's let's just play play some of these exchanges. So, so, so let's play, for example, uh, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. From rising again in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency. Well, two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states 
regulating ballot access at this time. So ballot access rules to ex- restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have, wouldn't have existed. They wouldn't have been raised one way or another. Right, but I'm not but, making a distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything else. Understood, yeah. but the more, yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is, is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States. But then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3? The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred, and president is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president and, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors and therefore that person is never going to rise. This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included pre- president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language, any office under the United States. Yes, and- but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a, a person right there at the time saying what I'm saying. The, the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, against democracy? Well, Reverdy Johnson came back and agreed with that reading. Any office is clear. The Constitution says about 20 times. No, I don't, I'm not going to that. So let me, let me, let me just say, you, so your point is that, it's, that there's no ambiguity. It, with, with, with having a list and not having president in it, with having a history that suggests that they were really focused on local concerns in the South. I mean, I mean, Senator, she wasn't having it at yeah. all. Yeah, look, that's there are times at Supreme Court arguments where, where justices try to hide where they're coming from. That's not one of them. Uh, that's one of the central arguments being made by Trump. It's one of the central arguments that I made in the amicus brief that I filed on, on behalf of some 170 members of Congress, uh, which is that that president of the United States is not enumerated in, in Article 14, Section 3, and does not fall within uh, the broader and more general terms. And that is emphatically what she's saying. Uh, now give a listen, listen to Justice Gorsuch, and, and, and he's coming every bit as hard. Before I do that, I want to tell you about Blackout Coffee. I mentioned it earlier, and if you want the best cup of coffee that you're going to get in the morning without the woke left agenda, you've got to check out Blackout Coffee. They are 100% committed to conservative values. From the sourcing of the beans to the roasting process, customer support and shipping, they embody true American values, and they accept no compromise on taste or quality. There's a lot of coffee companies out there that are really woke. Stop giving your money to leftist companies and get yourself the best cup of coffee you can get with a hardcore conservative group of individuals that started it. 100% great coffee, 100% America, 0% woke agenda. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. And use the promo code verdict for 20% off your first order. I start my day with blackout coffee every day, and I love it. Be awake, not woke. Blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Promo code verdict for 20% off your first order. Blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. 
All right, take a listen real quick to Justice Neil Gorsuch at the Supreme Court back and forth with Colorado's attorneys. So he speaks about disqualification from holding office. You say he is disqualified from holding office from the moment it happens. Correct, but nevertheless... So, so it, it operates, you say that there's no, no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure necessary. It happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is... I under, that's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment. Self-executing. Done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is... No, de facto, that, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, okay? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand, but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory... Would anything compel a, a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, hold office, but no, nevertheless they were no, put into that no, office. No, no, we're talking about Section 3. And please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay? Well, now, the, the point I'm trying to make is He's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel, and I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? Because ultimately we have, we have statutes and rules. Senator, for many people that maybe have never heard oral arguments before, there's no cameras in the court, but there is this audio. Yeah. This is what I would refer to as a beatdown. Yes. Look, that was, that was brutal, and... and the basic back and forth we're hearing is is typical of oral arguments. You know, people think of a Supreme Court argument and they often imagine some grand oration. They imagine, uh, you know, Dr. King, I have a dream. They imagine, you know, John F. Kennedy giving some rousing speech. But 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 that's not what Supreme Court argument is. It is it is typically two two lawyers standing there. Usually they have thirty minutes each. And, and they are laying out arguments as to where the, why their side should prevail. And almost the entire argument consists of the nine justices asking questions and asking very difficult questions. And you're hearing that back and forth. And it shows the weaknesses of the arguments. Now, in that instance, Justice Gorsuch is saying, look, to the Colorado lawyer, your theory is the instant an insurrection happens and a president participates in it, that instant, that president is no longer eligible to be president. And in fact, he cannot hold the office instantaneously. And also your theory is that it is self-executing, which means Congress does not need to pass any legislation to give force to it, to give a procedure to it. It just, in the ether, instantaneously makes him, you're not president anymore. And so he's asking him, well, if by operation of the Constitution in that instant, he's not president, why would anyone in the government listen to him from that moment on and and the lawyer had no no answer to that he couldn't give any he, he 
tried to dodge. He tried to change the hy- the hypothetical. That did not go well. Justices. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's not what you put on your resume one day if you're arguing on behalf of the Colorado voters. The part where he's like, I know what you're trying to do here, but don't do that again. Stop yep. it. If you can't answer, move on. That's the beatdown at the Supreme Court. Yeah, and, and here, l- l- listen to a little bit more from Justice Gorsuch on, on a similar line of questioning. Except that this court has held. You're not contesting this or asking us to revisit that decision in Thornton or term limits or whatever you want to call it, that it has to come from some federal constitutional authority. No, we are not, Your Honor. Okay. And, and, and here, we're not talking about the qualifications clause, right? Um, nobody's talking about whether he's 35 years old or natural born, whatever, right? The, not, not an issue. Okay. We're talking about something under uh, the 14th Amendment and Section 3. So that's where you have to find your authority, right? We find our authority in Article 2, in states' plenary power to run their election. Federal election. But this is for a federal office. It has to come from the Constitution, and you're seeking to enforce Section 3. We're suggesting that in their broad power to determine them, to select presidential electors in any manner they see fit, they can take account of Section 3 and apply Section 3. Could they do it without Section 3? Could they disqualify somebody for, uh, a, you know, on whatever basis they wanted outside of the qualifications clause? That would run into term limits, I think. Yeah, I would think it. so, right? So it has to come back to Section 3. And if that's true, how does that work? given that Section 3 speaks about holding office, not who may run for office. It was a point Mr. Mitchell was making earlier, and I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to it, because it seems to me that, that you know, that, that you're asking to enforce in an election some, uh, uh, context a, a provision of the Constitution that speaks to holding office. So it's different than the Qualifications Clause, which is all about who can run and then serve. Yeah. I don't know that it is different. Okay. Other qualifications for office similarly talk about eligibility for the office. There's nothing unconstitutional about a 30-year-old trying to get on the back. Except for this disability can be removed, right, under Section 3. That's what's different about it. I mean, he's not letting up there, and yep. these are yep. really not that hard of questions. It's just when you have not a lot to back it up in in Colorado, you're in trouble. Well, they are hard questions because Colorado's argument is stupid. Like, it's just not right. It's not what the Constitution says. You had four partisan Democrat justices in Colorado who hate Donald Trump. And they hate Donald Trump so much that they're willing to say to the voters of Colorado, you don't get to vote for him. I hate him so much I'm scared you voters might choose to vote for this man, so I'm going to take him away. But it, it does not have a basis in the text of the Constitution, which is why... Colorado's position is going to lose. All right. Which, by the way, is why I have to play Clarence Thomas, one of your favorite justices here, uh, going back and forth with Jason Murray. And, and, he, and he asked a very simple question, and, and it's one that was just brilliantly done by Clarence Thomas. And I want to get your reaction to it. Listen to this. Uh, the, the concern was that the former Confederate states would continue being bad actors. And the effort was to prevent them from doing this. And you're saying that, well, this also authorized states to disqualify candidates. So what I'm asking you for, if you are right, what are the examples? Well, Your Honor, the examples are states excluded many candidates for state office, individuals holding state offices. We have a number of published cases of states. I understand that. I, I understand the states controlling state 
uh, elections and state positions. What we are talking about here are national candidates. Uh, the I understand uh, you look at Foner or Foot Shelby Foot or McPherson. They all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War, and there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, the radical Republicans. Uh, but they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. And that's the argument you're making. And what I would like to know is, you give, is uh, do you have any examples of this? Many of those historians have filed briefs in our support in this case, making the point that the, the, the idea of the 14th Amendment was that both states and the federal government would ensure rights, and that if states failed to do so, the federal government certainly would also step in. But I think the reason why there aren't examples of states doing this is an idiosyncratic one of the fact that elections worked differently back then. States have a background power under Article II and the 10th Amendment to run presidential elections. They didn't use that power to police ballot access until about the 1890s. And by the 1890s, everyone had received amnesty and these issues had become moot. I mean, it's it's amazing that Colorado took it this far because yeah. to me, this seems like there's a decent chance this could be exactly what you thought. It could be a unanimous decision or even an eight yeah. to one. Well, and, and to underscore that, so we played obviously Justice Thomas and Justice Gorsuch are, are conservatives. Uh, but but let's let's listen now to Justice Elena Kagan and, and remember what I said at the outset, which is that I believe this had a very good chance of being unanimous. I think the Chief Justice desperately wants it to be unanimous, and I think the way it gets to be unanimous in particular is the Chief Justice goes to Elena Kagan, who, who I think is is the smartest of the liberal justices. She was the former dean of the Harvard Law School. She was former Solicitor General of the United States. She's she's very very smart. Listen to Justice Kagan asking the Colorado lawyer Jason Murray questions. If you're like me, you probably start off your morning with a really good cup of coffee. And if you don't get that good cup of coffee, you're probably a little irritable. Now, look, I start my morning early. I start on the radio at 7 a.m. I have got to be awake and be in, in a great place to get the show going. And if I don't have a cup of coffee, it's a problem for me. Now, when I get my cup of coffee in the morning, I want to make sure it's not a woke company that's getting my money. You know which woke companies I'm talking about right now that are in the coffee business. And that is why I want you to know about an incredible brand, Blackout Coffee. They are 100% committed to conservative values. This coffee is 100% America and 0% woke. The world may be up in flames. Bidenomics is a complete and total disaster, but it doesn't ruin my day because I could start my day with an America first cup of blackout coffee. You need to try them, and I'm going to give you a way to try them and save money while doing it. From sourcing the beans to the roasting process to customer support and shipping, they embody true American values and they accept no compromise on taste or quality. And that's one thing that's important for me. I want a premium cup of coffee in the morning, and that's what I get every day with Blackout Coffee. Now, let me save you some money so you can try Blackout Coffee, because once you switch, you're never going to go back to that woke coffee you're drinking now. Go to blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Use the promo code verdict for 20% off your first order. Yeah, 20% off. Blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Be awake, not woke. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Promo code verdict. Take a listen to this very interesting back and forth between Justice Kagan and the Colorado lawyer, Jason Murray. 
Justice Kavanaugh, there has to be some process for determining those questions. And then the question becomes, does anything in the 14th Amendment say that only Congress can create that process? And, and Section 5 very clearly is not an exclusive provision. It says Congress shall have power. But maybe and put m most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president again is, you know, just say it, it sounds awfully national to me. Um, so whatever means there are to enforce it would suggest that they have to be federal national means. Why does, uh, you know, if you weren't from Colorado and you were from Wisconsin or you were from Michigan, and it really, you know, what the Michigan Secretary of State did is going to make the difference between, you know, whether candidate A is elected or candidate B is elected. I mean, that seems quite extraordinary, doesn't it? No, Your Honor, because ultimately it's this court that's going to decide that question of federal constitutional eligibility and settle the issue for the nation. And, and certainly it's not unusual that questions of national importance come up. Well, I suppose this state. court would be saying something along the lines of that a state has the power to do it. But I guess I was, I was asking you to go a little bit further and saying why should that be the right rule? Why should a single state have the ability to make this determination, not only for their own citizens, but for the rest of the nation. Because Article 2 gives them the power to, to appoint their own electors as they see fit, but if they're going to use a federal constitutional qualification as a ballot access determinant, then it's creating a federal constitutional question that then this court decides, and other courts, other states, if, if this court affirms the decision below, determining that President Trump is ineligible to be president. Other states would still have to determine what effect that would have on their own state's law and state procedure. Well, I mean, if we, if we affirmed... I mean, Senator, even she, someone you would expect would be on the side of Colorado not really having it either. Yeah, but look, and uh, as I said, I, I don't think any justices are going to vote with Colorado. I think we're going to see, in all likelihood, a unanimous decision. And, and she's focusing on, you know, earlier we played Katanji Brown-Jackson, and she was focusing on the fact that, that president is not an officer that is specified in the 14th Amendment, Section 3. Justice Kagan's pointing, that, pointing out, well, why does one state get to do this? And if one state gets to do it, couldn't another state do something different? What do you do with that? And, and, and let's, let, let, let's do one other clip, which emphasizes that point. And, and you remember, we did an entire podcast talking about the, uh, the amicus brief that I filed. And this was an argument that, that, that I made on behalf of 170 members of Congress. And, and I think it's a really powerful argument. Uh, let's listen to Justice Alito uh, asking about that argument in particular. Thank you. Thank you, Counsel. Uh, Justice Thomas? Justice Alito? Uh, suppose there's a country that proclaims again and again and again that the United States is its biggest enemy. And suppose that the President of the United States, for diplomatic reasons, think that it's in the best interests of the United States to provide funds or release funds that, so that they can be used by that, by that country. Could a state determine that that person has given aid and comfort to the enemy and therefore keep that person off the ballot? No, Your Honor. This court has never interpreted the aid and comfort language, which also is present. So that's another enormous problem with Colorado's argument, which is that if Colorado is able to throw Donald Trump off the ballot, you're going to see other states act. You're going to see red states throw Joe Biden off the ballot. 
And and the hypothetical that that Sam Alito asked, it's a very good hypothetical. He's obviously talking about Iran, and and Iran is led by an Ayatollah who chants death to America, who has murdered hundreds upon hundreds of servicemen and women, American servicemen and women, who's the biggest funder of state funder of terrorism in the world. And Joe Biden has flowed $100 billion to the Ayatollah. Now, as Justice Alito pointed out, Biden argues it's for diplomatic reasons. But but under the argument of, of Colorado, you could the, the some other state could say, well, no, we conclude you're giving aid and comfort to our enemy. So Joe Biden is off the ballot. And and the lawyer's answer was just, well, no, 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 that, that's a different provision. So no, no, we like Joe Biden, so you can't do that. I, I think that demonstrates that, that the theory behind this decision is insupportable, and it leads to chaos, and it fundamentally leads to judges battling each other to decide elections rather than the voters deciding elections. And so I'm going to reiterate, I think the chances that the U.S. Supreme Court reverses this decision— are 100 percent and i think the chances are significant more likely than not that the decision will be unanimous and i think we will get it this month the month of february it's going to be very interesting to watch don't forget as always we do the show on monday wednesday and fridays make sure you hit that follow button if you're listening on apple or subscribe or auto download button uh, wherever you get your podcast and we do a week in review if anything you missed that we talked about big in the week on saturdays as well so if you want to get that as well it is auto downloadable as at any time just hit that button uh, wherever you get your podcast and senator and i will see you back here on wednesday morning Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. HollywoodTakeover.com slash Ben. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.